Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Episode nine of the Stony with Dice Critic Club podcast. Um, and today, I mean, the word legend probably gets banded about a bit, you know. But I think in in this in this case, it's probably probably worth it. So Alan Barron joins me. Uh, how how are you been coping in lockdown, Alan? I know whether I told. Just get up every morning and press restart and just do the same, <laughs> just do the same again. Uh, perfect, perfect existence for a retired a retired manny. No bother. Exactly. No, that's good. Um, so today we're just going to go over a bit, of a bit of a club history for everyone. I thought it'd be quite interesting to find out how the, the two sides, Stonywood and Dice, came together. And obviously, 30 years down the line, we're, we're doing pretty well for ourselves. So, so a man who's, who's been here from the start, from well before the start, and is still a leading figure today. So first of all, AB, I mean, club history. So before that, yourself, you, you've done pretty much everything in Stonywood Dice. Really. You've been president, you've been groundsman, you've been player. Um, some of the roles you've done? Secretary, treasurer, yeah. junior, junior convener. Yeah. Uh, Picking juniors up to go to cricket. Everything. General dog's body, yeah. And yeah. Get, get picked for the, for the lower 11s on Saturday when they're away from home because you've got a car. And, uh, <laughs> That's, that's how it works. That's, that's how you get. That's how you get a team of youngsters to the ground. Is somebody's got to drive them there. Exactly. Um, we'll get onto that in a minute because I mean that is a, a key point as to why we produce so many players. But anyway, so so club history. I mean, start from the start. Stony Wood founded eighteen fifty. So founded in eighteen fifty. Founded by the the who who had the, the paper mill, and some of them had a public school education and whatever, and. Uh, the first three grounds that Stony we played on were, were actually within the, the 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 grounds down at down at the paper mill. Uh, I mean, I, I could tell you the names if I went and uh, that upside down, back to front. Why, no, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's one, of, that's one of those great tricks of of a Zoom call. You get things back <laughs> to front. But that's the centenary centenary booklet, yeah, which we picked up a couple of years ago when uh, one of the former players had passed on. It's, it's a guy that I probably met once or twice in my life. It was it was long before my time, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, we got the we picked that up along with another couple of bits and pieces at the, at the auction house, and uh, oh yeah, there's, there's three, there was three grounds with within the, the perimeter of the, of the mill, and the mill expanded and meant that bits of ground were no longer free and, and whatever, and then uh, I mean People's Park. As it is now at the top at the top of Market Street, it was it was initially known as the Market Stands, and uh, but People's Park had been one of the grounds down at the mill, I think, and they, and they moved it up to, yeah, they changed the name and and it was still owned by the mill up until about the last maybe twenty years. I'm not exactly sure when we bought the ground off the mill. Uh, the mill had sold off the Bowling Green to the Newhills Bowling Club, which is still good. well. Ian Weisk now plays there and. Uh, and Mike Clark, who was a Stonywood player of my my era, uh, he plays there as well. There've been a few a few others. They also sold off the football ground and the tennis courts, but uh, they were sold for housing. So that's uh, yeah. sort of back. So um, quite a successful team then. I mean, you've you've listed here. They've won Grade One thirteen times in history. Aberdeenshire Cup twenty two times. So some of the main stars and that you remember from the the Stonywood team. Well, my father moved to Stonywood in 1970, and uh, in the first three years he was there, and uh, I think he had a decent score in the first final, but they won the cup final three years in a row, mm. in 70, 71, 72, and the stars were guys like Ian McRae and Hugh Key, who are just absolute, I mean, 
in the Buddha called me a legend. <laughs> they were proper legends. You know, they were they were great players and great committed club men. Uh, they they were tremendous players. They did the they did they did the People's Park groundwork as well, didn't they? In later years. Ian certainly did it. Uh, Hugh was more involved with coaching the youngsters. He he was one of yeah. he was one of the guys that went through the coaching badges way back in the in the early eighties, mid eighties, mm-hmm. uh, including getting the level two coaching thing, which meant going to Largs. And Hugh he was one of the better better equipped coaching lads. He he was tremendous at it. His enthusiasm was great, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what carried him through. And he, and Ian would just quietly go on and work on the ground, and lots of things were happening when nobody could see it. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same when I was groundsman. It was best when there was nobody getting under your feet. Yeah. Folk offering to help and being a bloody nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, and then, so, any memorable games from Stonywood that you can remember? Just like general, not uh, you, maybe not you involved in, but just... So, I mean, I, say I, I was there in 1970 when my father moved there, and I, I, I'm fairly sure I was, was on the scorebook all season. What a wee, what a wee fat lad. Uh, I think I'm the same weight these days. Just I'm a lot taller. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was it was great fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And you always got decent teeth. So he would it was Ian McRae's mother would have done it way back in the mists of time. And then uh, Ernie Swisser's wife and, and uh, you know that was genuinely uh, families came along, and that's what I remembered. And that's why I was always so keen to make sure that when when we got the youngsters going properly that there was. That the families were included and not uh, we didn't have you know the somebody would press the ejector seat and the kids would be thrown over the wall and come yeah. back and fix them afterwards it's always good that people were were part of it that's how well, it was when well, i was a youngster yeah that's key isn't it we are a family club and we preach them still to this day i would say we are everyone's involved as i think paddy maroney said it in another podcast it's not just one person it's the whole family is part of the club I mean, I, I mean, that's Stoney Wood. I mean, I was there for 1970. It was 1970 was the start of the dice getting up into grade one. And mm. they, they were almost continuous from there. Then one year they fell down, but they bounced straight back up. The dice had, had a family set up as well. Mm-hmm. The the least, Bob Crispy, and, you know, and various others. They, they, they had a good, a good set up going in, in terms of people who were following all the time. Yeah. So they're not on to dice then. So they, they were formed in 1948 as Dice Lads Club. So uh, they played at Stuart Park, was it? Certainly Stuart Park all the time, and I've you know I've been involved yeah. in cricket. They were one of the teams that used Stuart Park. It was them and Westburn in my uh-huh. playing times. I think prior to then the likes of Woodside. It would make sense if Woodside had played there. I think they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably know some of these things because I'm helping a guy out in a project about uh, cricket grounds in Scotland, and I was asked about the ones in Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire, so I should probably know where Woodside played, but it, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's too obvious to, get, to, to think I've got that one wrong. So then, um, was there any Dice Free Stony Wood games that you can remember, like, or was there a big rivalry, or not really, was it just a, you know? Oh, why, there was a rivalry, there were tasty encounters, there's no getting away for that, we, we gave it We're all. But yeah. well, we went to the pub after the game. I mean, that, that was one of the, the tricks back in the in the seventies and, and through the eighties. People went after the game home and away. You you, you went for a drink with the opposition. Mm. Totally different days, of course. And uh, I think most of us would be fairly able to admit that our car knew their own way home. Nothing to <laughs> boast about, but it did happen. Mm. You know, did, uh, the drink driving regulations have changed the, yeah, yeah. the post match activities. <laughs> I mean, we, 
we would have that was all part of our preparation for any Sunday games was going having a bucket on the Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you remember any tasty dice with Stonywood games? Any nail biters or anything? Oh, it was plenty, plenty of nail biters. There's certainly one uh, whiskey when I thank me for mentioning this one because uh, I think Stonywood were, were struggling towards the end of a cup final at Manifield and chasing down the, the, the dice score. And Moyer was in the middle and whiskey came on, supposing with the clear out the tail and Moyer plunked him three times into the car park and then over and, uh, and, and I think it was Bob had said to Ian because Ian would tell the story Bob had said I'm not bowling his legs and Ian says I'm not bowling in his legs he's just picking the damn thing up and picking it and picking it over mid-wicket it was just the Moyer that we came to that we came to know he was a young lad in, that, in those days but he was in and he, he sculpted yeah. and when I was the uh, I, I was I was one of the tail end Charlies that hadn't batted in that game. And the other guy was a guy, Ali Fraser, who'd, who'd actually come to us from Dice. Mm -hmm. Ali was quite an interesting character. I'm, I'll say interesting. I won't, I, won't, I won't be it harder than that. Just, just in case he's watching. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I doubt it. it. I don't know if Ali's actually still with us. But um, we used yeah. to go, Stonywood, after home games, used to go to the runway in, which is now the Dice Tenduri. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Stonywood. And uh, Ali's wife would come in to pick him up. And Ali would, if he knew it was time for his wife to come, he'd get another three pints on the table and goodness, what would happen. And the story that some of us old guys will always remember is Ali's wife coming in and hurling a fish supper, which hit the wall behind Ali's head and sort of, sort of just dribbled down the wall. <laughs> so you can say some, some of us will remember that one fondly and probably remember some of the antics more than we do the games. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, that's a brief rundown of the of the names and players who played Stonywood and Dice. So, first of all, how did the amalgamation come about? I mean, I've got a, a little thing to share with you that you sent me uh, yesterday with uh, yeah. just a, a PPJ's version of events, I suppose. Maybe not, uh, as we know, the press aren't always on the ball, but... So, I mean, it says here basically that the DICE team folded, couldn't raise enough players. So, how, how, how did the amalgamation come about in, in your eyes, maybe? If, if we just turn it back a year, DICE used to run a, a first 11 and a second 11, mm -hmm. as, did, as did Stony Wood. Yeah. In fact, DICE, DICE's second 11 were reserve grade, was made up of second 11s only. The second 11s weren't mixed through the other clubs as, they, as became the case for where you, you come through. So Dice second eleven actually folded in nineteen ninety, and Dice finished Dice finished third in the league behind Colts and ourselves, in, in nineteen ninety. But I mean, speaking with Bob and and uh, Whiskey, they'll say that many a time they were playing with nine men or whatever, and but it was a damn good nine. Yeah. You know, even even with that, there were some good players in it. Three lambs, good sir, least. I well maybe two lambs for that stage. Bob's back had probably sort of given up. Bob was. Yeah. Bob was a good in-swing bowler. God, he was he was a good bowler. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Pete Kutza was here every now and again. He's, I mean, he's always been involved in the in the oil oil and gas industry, so he was always he can come in and go and go and offshore and whatever. So, I mean, when Pete was at home, he was he he was one of the best bats going uh, yeah. at, at that stage. So yeah, the so that was nine, in nineteen ninety. So yeah, whereas we finished second, Dice finished third. We lost a couple of players over the ninth, over that ninth, ah, the winter, ninety into ninety one, and uh, you know we were aware of it. 
but come the, the new season, the fast round of fixtures, we, we were to deploy each other. And uh, I'm fairly sure Bob phoned us on the, it might, it might have been the Tuesday night, because um, knowing that we, after practice, we would adjourn to the four mile in in Bucksburn. <laughs> we'd be down there. Uh, I think we're banned for the runway by that stage. Maybe something to do well with Fraser's wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the, the phone call came through and the bar manager came through and says, oh, I'm good to Bob Lamphodice on the phone for you. So that's fine. So I went through and Bob said, well, we're sort of really up against it. We haven't got the numbers. And I mean, I knew what it was like from the year before. And we were sitting just quietly. After we got this message, he said, look, we're going to have to scratch. Oh, okay. And I think it was Ian McRae and Colin Moyer and Adrian Weddingham and myself were probably sitting in the four mile and went, I reckon we should just say to Dice, come on board. And uh, Colin Moyer was was uh, detailed to go to Flower Scene in Bucksburn, which was run by Bob's wife, Pauline. Mm-hmm. And Bob was Bob always helped out there anyway. So he went there, spoke to Bob, and that was probably on the Wednesday. And there you were by the by the time with the Thursday come round, it's in the it's in the paper. Oh. And it was just decided that uh, those who wanted to continue the dice players who wanted to continue playing cricket, the majority of them just sort of rolled across and uh, it, it was so a fairly simple move that was there was no big deal made of it. We just wanted to go on and do things. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we knew that we'd lost a few of our second 11, so we weren't going to struggle to field the second 11 in 91. And, but once the, the dice lads came across, the, the top 11 became the, a mix of the dice and Stony Wood top lads. Yeah. And then the second 11 was a damn good side. I think it might even have won the league in that first year yeah. uh, in, the res, in the reserve grade. Yeah. Uh, but you know they were, yeah. they were they were good players. A lot of good young lads amongst it. Colin Campbell, Stuart Reid, Stony Wood. We used to do all our print and stuff. Uh, so was there any was there any animosity or anyone? Did anyone from Dice or Stony Wood really go against the move? Because you said also there was a rivalry, but there was a lot of fun in it as well. No, no, none of, none of the folk that were actively actively involved with mm. with either club that I can remember uh, dropped out. There were a few people who had dropped out previously whose, uh, whose opinion didn't matter because they weren't around anymore. You know, yeah. that, was, that, was my, that was my view. Mm-hmm. That's, that's maybe fairly harsh, but, uh, you know, I wasn't going to lose any sleep about somebody who had already walked out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, I mean, on, on from that, it's, it's probably the best the best phone call ever, ever made, really, for the club. So, going on from there... Uh, decided to go into the Strathmore leagues as Stonywood Dice in in 1994. So, so why was that? Did was there a committee meeting that said we want to take this club to the next level, or what, what happened? Well, it started off with a couple of the couple of the. Well, in fact, David and Robert Lamb both said we'd like to have a a, a dig at, at playing at a higher level. You know, it's, we were we were playing in the grades, and the grades the grades were being dominated by a really, really strong Colts side. Uh, the Colts had no desire to, to step step across and, and, and go into Strathmore Union because I mean, we, we spoke about it as, as clubs at different stages. We'd, we'd been speaking about it for a number of years. In fact, Inverurie had left Grade 1 and gone into Strathmore Union a, a year or two beforehand. 
Yeah. And, and at that stage, there was a lot of talk about maybe a, a pyramid of some sort emerging. And uh, there was a lot of people not interested. They were quite happy to play within a 30 mile radius. It's, yeah, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but David and Robert had, had, had this vision, and a few of the rest of us went, ah, maybe we should give it a go. Because we knew Inverurie were there, and uh, they'd, been a, they'd been a strong enough side, but inconsistent. And they, they, did, they did reasonably well. I mean, we've lost over fairly quickly there. That in the first year we were together, we actually won the Small Clubs Cup. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and, that, and that was against Inverurie, uh, down at Forfar. So mm. the first year together, and uh, it was, no, we'd, we'd, a, we'd a decent cup, we'd always been a decent cup side, but we'd never rolled, rolled sides over. A bowling attack wasn't going to blow folk away. Mm. Having said that, with people like Bersilli and, uh, and Bayman and Colin Clark before that, I mean, we'd, we'd had some top-notch bowlers, but we could yeah. never quite uh, roll, roll sides over. So I suppose for, first year, you're right, you won the small clubs cup. Am I right in saying that, um, your dad had a big impact on making that cup or performing the no, cup. Or no. Have I not got that right? Oh, I, 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 no. thought he was, I thought he helped. No, no, he had nothing to do with that. No, he, he was just, he'd been the president of Stonywood in 1990 and 1991. Oh, maybe that's what I'm getting confused. There was uh, someone, I, I remember there was someone in the organisation. He would never have made it. I think he'd make a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the 1994, we're going to Strathay and that's when we recruited our, our first overseas amateur. So David Shaw came on board. I mean, so that, that must have been a real turning point for the club to try and get to the next level, getting overseas guys in. And, and I mean, first season we were fourth in Strathmore Union, so we fitted in quite well. I we fitted in very well. I mean, uh, David Shaw, well, it was Pete Kutz was behind that because Pete was aware that there was some magazine for a weekly newspaper for South African people and it, and somehow David Shaw picked this thing up and he contacted Pete and from there uh, he came and played and he stayed out at, well, the Kutzer stayed at Keg at that time, at the Rafford, and, mm. and David, David Shaw stayed there. And uh, he, he was a good player. Well, Dave, Dave Shaw uh, came, he came to us because Pete Kutzer put some advert in uh, whether it was an Afrikaans-speaking newspaper or, or some sort of thing down in down in London, maybe in youth hostel, it was maybe places. And I think David had been at a youth hostel or something down there, seen this match, this thing. If you fancy a game of cricket, here's here's an opportunity. And it mm -hmm. and he came up and he stayed with the Kutzers at Keg right beside Alford, and uh, he was a good bat. He was the start of a long line of players coming from the Alberton Club in Johannesburg. Because he he came, he was across for the first two years, and then he got, an, but he then moved to another club and he sent a lad across. Paddy well, Albertins, Paddy Maroney, Casper van der Volt, list goes on, doesn't it? Uh, who was the fast bowler a couple of years ago? Jack Costa. Jack Costa. Costa. Yeah, Costa. And and Alberton was where Leon Lindsay stayed, though he didn't play for them. Yes, he played for Old Fitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, I mean, we'd quite a, and that was that was Hein Bester, and there was a few. There was a, you know, there was a list of people came from from Albert and John Lemaitre. Mm -hmm. So there was one other thing I forgot to mention: the amalgamation stuff. Do Do you think the club now would have happened if the amalgamation didn't happen in ninety one? 
do you think it would have eventually, even if Fife didn't run out of players that evening, do you think it would have eventually happened, or do you think Stonywood itself or Dice itself would have come to, not come together but done it on their own? I doubt if we'd ever been able to achieve it on our, either of us on our own. Yeah. It needed the dynamic. The, the thing that we actually got was Dyson used Stuart Park, and, and they weren't allowed to do any of the maintenance work there because the council said, no, you're not allowed to do anything. But when, when they came to join us at People's Park, it, it was the, the, the number of people, you know, the Bob, Kevin Maver, Ian Leask, and, and there were others, Robert and, and David Lamb, they just rolled their sleeves up and got involved with things. Because they, they'd realised from the way we'd spoken when we'd played against them before, the pride that we had in what, if we ever achieved anything, you realised you were, you were achieving it through your own efforts. You know, there was no sponsorship at that stage. There was no, there was nothing. You know, you just, you just rolled your sleeves up and every club had a handful of people that made things happen. But all of a sudden, we two handfuls of people. Mm. You know, yeah. so, we, so we'd, mo we'd more people willing to make things happen. I don't think it would have happened for either club if, uh, if we hadn't come together. Yeah. So, yeah, blessing in disguise. So, anyway, moving on, um, I suppose another highlight would be in 1995, Stuart Kutzer played for Scotland under 13s. I mean, that's the first. We'll get on to the, the producing a mental amount of talent later, but that's probably the first in a line of a, a very successful junior setup. Yeah, that's why, I, that's why I mentioned that Stuart was, uh, was in that under 13 side because he was the first. Mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, it's difficult to track any of that the Cricket Scotland website now because I don't think they recognise much below under 15 level. Yeah. I think they thought that there was too many, there was a lot of folk who maybe thought they'd arrived if they got a game for the under 13s. Mm -hmm. And that was actually, you had to continue working. And Stuart certainly worked up and down the country for the training sessions and, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, as, as did others. So then, and within 97, 96 and 97, we won Strathmore Union. So we'd started to dominate that level. and. National League, obviously, was calling, but we lost to Kerstorfin in '96. Uh, do you remember much about that game in the National League playoff? Ah, it was played in a bit of a pudding pitch down at, uh, at Dunfermline, mm -hmm. and we just we never got into it. We, yeah, I think I think they threw a decent score. We, we we never got into it. We 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 just it, it didn't work for us on that day. But we were yeah. disappointed, and and that sort of was the motivation. But of course, but. In between times, between that 60, 96 and 97 season, is that correct? Is that when we yeah. Noxie, Noxie, yeah. Noxie, that's what I was going to say. You, you Noxie would come in for 97. Aye. Yeah, you talk about key figures and moving the club from here to here. Knox is probably right at the forefront of that, isn't he? Oh, God, I mean, the work that he put in, you know, in, in the schools, all the schools, Newmarket, Dice, Stonywood, Bucksburn, Cloverfield, Hillix, uh, I mean, he was in and out of those schools. I mean, he actually fixed up a tournament which, uh, where I got the, the indoor hall with BP at Dice. Mm -hmm. And then Knox had 12 teams as kids, the two from each school. And you, and we'd, we'd a whole weekend when that place made a fortune because the amount of that rubbish it was bought for food and, and drink and, and parents that were in watching, looking down through the institution. Is that, is that the one that Fee would have spoke about? Aye. Yeah, so I mean, there you go, you've, you've got talent there already. Gordon Gowdy probably in that as well. Um, there was a little wee lad called Michael Leask in that as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, whatever happened to him? No idea. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, so you've got Noxie and then it's almost a similar story to the to the recent promotion. You 
you lose in the, you lose one year, and the next year after you say the motivation, you really want to do it. And in '97, we defeated Cooper at Forfar. Um, any memories of that day? Must have been a, a really a good one, I suppose, getting to national league for the first time. Aye, I mean, we, we it was a day. Was it the day after uh, Lady Diana's funeral or something like that? I was. I think it was. No, it was. It was on the day I went to Diana's funeral. It was on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I still remember one of the guys for the press saying, are you playing, are you playing the game? I said, oh, well, none of the boys are going to the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, God, here, here I go, I've opened my big mouth. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we posted a decent enough total. But then when, when then it started, I think Sean referred to it in his, his podcast. I mean, Andy B came running into bowl and turned his ankle before he released the delivery, the first delivery of the innings. He must be thinking, oh, it's just not our, not our day, is it? But, yeah. And yeah. then the young, young golden arm, Five wickets, and he wasn't fit to. He got a slab of beer for winning the for, for being man of the match, and the rest of the boys drank it. And he had to watch. Uh, that, that was how that was how it worked. And by that stage, Biza was back from his hospital visit. So it was, uh, yeah, it was it was quite a comfortable win in, in the end. Uh, we did ourselves justice on the day there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So another another figure from that point there was uh, Grant Dugmore. He seems like. Uh, he was a great player, was he? He came over as an overseas. Was, was he a local overseas? I'm not sure what the situation was. He he wasn't a local, but on, yeah. on, on the other hand, he was uh, he was almost local because he he was uh, Megan Kutzer's brother. Uh, ah, okay. So uh, and he an uncle to the to, to the boys. So uh, I mean, Grant came across and, and he stayed. He, he had played in the indoor cricket at, at the exhibition centre a few years previous. He'd been across and he'd he'd, he'd played in the the six side league, I think he played in the in the, the dice side at one stage when he was across here just visiting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, but he was a topper of a bat. Yeah. And a, a great fielder. And he bowled off his which uh, you know he bowled he bowled reasonably well. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he, he was here for two or three for two or three years. He he broke I'm sure he broke bones in his hand one year and, and didn't play at all. And I don't know what he'd done. But um uh, no, he, he did tremendous influence as well. Uh, he scored an awful lot of runs. And he played yeah. primarily in the grades, and then he played one year. The year we were in the Premiership in 99, well, yeah. we probably were. We were pretty raw with a lot of kids. I think that's what we've said before. It was a lot of, it was a lot of kids. And also that year, the weather was pretty awful. Yeah. And uh, I think some of the Edinburgh and Glasgow teams thought that we would be a soft touch. And uh, so the... They got us to drive down to Edinburgh and Glasgow, and they used to come back without getting a game. And yeah. that's second, second two or three of our players. You know, they were fed up oh, to hell with us. That was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, um, you, we, we settled in okay to National League. I suppose Cricket Scotland were also, they kept on changing the structure and everything. So I suppose I mean, later on, we settled into probably where we should have been. I won't go to that. Just talking about. Uh, the, Grant Dunmore scored a lot of runs. 2000, probably the best player to ever play for Stonewood Dice, maybe. Arno Jacobs got signed. Um, any memories of him? He, was, he, he sounds like some hell of a player. I, I, did, I didn't see him playing that often. Uh, I played yeah. alongside him once. And here's one for you, Jabba. And I still remember Mike Lowe, overseas amateur for Huntley, caught Barron, bowled Jacobs, not a lot. <laughs> uh, had to get that one in. Oh. You'll notice I'm not wearing my, my retro top. I was thinking of that, especially for you, Mike, but uh, I thought I would do without it. Uh, no, I'm not scored a lot of runs. I, I didn't see many of the big big games because I was playing for some of the, 
some of the other sides, whether it was the third eleven or the fourth eleven mm -hmm. uh, that, that we were playing uh, at that stage. So, uh, but yes, I mean, you heard David Lamb saying there was a busload of old birthdays come across for the West Coast because they'd heard about this guy and they went to the game at Fort Hill. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, he scored runs because Fort Hill was always a road. Yeah. I think I said Fort Hill, I think it's the only place I ever wore a lid. The rest of the time, I just uh, managed to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I was looking at it. it the, the period from '98 to 2008 is, you know, we kind of just balanced ourselves. I would, would you, is there any moments in there that you'd like to touch on? Because, I mean, we kind of just balanced ourselves out in the national leagues. They kept on changing the structure. Um, any any key figures or things you want to mention there? We just mentioned Arno there. Arno almost took us back up to the Premier League, which we wouldn't have been fit for. We'd have been no better off. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, you know, I mean, after Arno, who did we have? It was Paddy. Yeah. I mean, Arno was a tremendous player. Mm -hmm. you, could, you could tell with the work ethic and the training as well, you know, when it, at practice, how he was doing things. He'd be, he'd be throwing down single stumps and doing things. And, uh, you know, he was... A, I'd seen him a couple of years before he came to us because uh, South Africa A did a tour of uh, of the UK and they played, they certainly played down at Forfa, at Strathmore's mm -hmm. ground. And I saw him somewhere else, I can't remember. But that's nothing to do with how we got him because we, we actually got him through an agency. Yeah. Because that, that being, because Grant Dugmore had actually applied for and got a job as the ICC development manager in South America, based, yeah. in, based yeah. in Buenos Aires. So when Grant did that, you know, we did, we did go down a different path. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we went down the pro thing, we went pro route for a while, so we had Kruger van Wyk, the only player to, not Michael's best mate, I don't think, but um, the only player to play test cricket from Stony Wood. Sangram Singh seemed like a great, great batsman as well. But then I suppose after that, um, a few people have said we went down the, instead of getting a higher hitter, I think David Lamb called it, we went down the coaches route. And probably one of the reasons why we've produced so many great players. I mean, Paddy Statler is there. Um, Paddy Maroney himself, I suppose, in 2001, was a great coach. Obviously, a great player as well. But, I mean, so what's your thoughts? I'm, I'm assuming you were involved in a lot of decisions, pros and all that. Yeah, I, I was always keen that we, that we had a, a coach who would leave, leave us a legacy, a production line of kids, as mm. opposed to... Um, winning a flower pod which you would put on the shelf and have to hand back next season <laughs> so I was you know to, to my mind that that wasn't a, wasn't how we we needed to go mm -hmm. uh, I, I was keen that we had people who would coach and would encourage others to participate in the sport in other words getting people at the start that level yeah and uh, you know okay there have been people like Ian Leask and I have been around the whole time with the juniors on that Friday night we did it for years and years and years we were there and we were encouraging but the fine tuning was done by some good coaches. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, as you say, the Arnold Jacobs thing, if, if we got promoted that year, the next year's completely different, isn't it? You're playing at a level that you, you probably shouldn't be playing at. And yeah. I've been doing like a yo yo. Exactly. So, I mean, a, a, a key signing, I suppose, over the years has been Jan Stander. So, can you remember how that came about? And obviously, what he's done for the club has been, been pretty special. Uh, he was sitting at the table next to us at the grades dinner one October, November, and uh, somebody tapped him up and said, uh, fancy using your coaching qualifications. Yes. Right. We'll have a little news about this later. And 
you know, it, it just it all sort of Came went down. on from there. I mean, yeah. he'd been at Manifield as an overseas amateur, but he had this coaching coaching qualification, and he had the aptitude for doing it. Uh, and I mean, I wasn't involved in the negotiations or anything of like that sort. Though I may, I may have rubber stamped the the, the approach, uh, but. Uh, he fancied the challenge that was there and, and came across. And yes, he's, he's been a, not only a tremendous competitor for the, for the club with bat and ball, uh, but also a, a huge influence. And he remains a huge influence. Absolutely, yes. Because what we're speaking about now is about 15 years? Or what are we at? No, he was, he's been there for 13, 14 years now. Aye, aye he's, he's, been, uh, he's been around. You know, all of that time, he's seen a lot of changes, he's seen a lot of personnel come and go. Uh, probably been frustrated with some of some of that because his with the commitment he's given to the club has been tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he but he's there with his with ideas as well. You know, he's, he's it's not just uh, it's not just coaching and it's not just playing. He, he's he's there with with ideas of how to how to improve things, whether that be facilities. I mean, yep. what, when we, we leveled one of the 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 buildings and uh, something slightly larger than I visualised ended up being uh, being in the same footprint. Yeah, hey, that's another thing. Actually, I was going to say, uh, do you remember building the clubhouse at Stonywood at People's Park? Even I remember it being refurbished. Uh, so so yeah. Of, so when when you acquired it, there was no clubhouse. Am I right in saying that? No, no, the, the, that clubhouse had had, uh, had come up from a way down in the mill grounds away in the in the eighteen seventies or something like that. The, that yeah. clubhouse, the the, the bits, the floor that's currently collapsed or had collapsed last season. Uh, it's all fixed now. All fixed now. I uh, uh, I mean, it was. Uh, it's been repaired two or three times over, but that bit where we'd ha- where we'd have our tea nowadays mm-hmm. has has existed for years. And in, in fact, the front part of that used to be like terraced a stand. And people would, would change behind the stand. There was, there was terraced, terraced seating on, on that. And it sat at the, at the airport fence looking down the length of the pitch. That's where it sat at one stage. And then the whole thing was moved. Ah, okay. But um, I think even the, the moving of that predates anyone who, who, who's currently connected <laughs> to the club. I think, I think yeah. everyone who would have been around then has long since passed on. Uh, no, it's just because I remember Lamy speaking about retiling the bathroom and everything. So I wondered if you'd actually built the whole, the whole oh, clubhouse. I, no, I, I didn't. Oh, they kept me out of the way. They knew I'd be hopeless if it came to doing anything practical. <laughs> uh, I, I can cut grass and do things like that and, and sit in a roller, but didn't didn't ask me to build anything. There was there was a couple of young lads that came to us from Manifield at one stage, uh, Stephen and Mark Seligman, and their father was always full of great ideas. And see, he was certainly involved in in putting the the, the bolts and the doors for the toilet, but the dafty put them on the outside. So that was not what I used, but it doesn't matter. Just thought I'd throw that one in. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so we're signing of Jan Standard 2007. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at it here and I had a look on all the scorecards and everything. Um, I mean, would you say the story was best ever site was about 2009, 10, 11? And is it probably a bit of an injustice that we didn't ever win anything big? No, we were never big enough to, to, to win in. A, we never had the real depth to, to sustain things, really. Mm-hmm. We, 
we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of useful overseas players. We've had a we've had a lot of useful locals. Yeah. And I mean I'm not describing David Lamb as useful. He was more than useful. He was he was bloody good. Uh nice was nice was Robert. But you know, you, you've got, there's been lots of them have passed through us. And we've also obviously there have been people who've been come through us like Kyle and Gordon Gaudi and who have whiskey whiskey more recently who've who've moved on to bigger and you know to bigger things and probably playing amongst others who are more consistent as opposed yeah. to our guys who are a, a great bunch but maybe not always going to be consistent. Yeah. It's difficult to say when the best side would have been uh no it's really difficult to work out when the best side was maybe the first Maybe the first year, I, I, the first year of Jan as well, with an overseas guy called Vickers Bota, who'd spent a year up in, uh, in Huntley. But when he came to us, he'd a, he'd a stress fracture, and he always played about a third of the season. Yeah. So you can, he, he, would, he would have been a good player as well. I mean, what we'd seen of him. Yeah. No, I, I, I saw I mean, obviously, we got to the Scottish Cup semi final as night, and Craig had spoke about and players were left out and they maybe couldn't have been, and then. It's probably, I, I always just think you look back to have the players we've had, produced players we had, to not have ever won anything is maybe, you know, the only thing that we haven't done as a club yet. But yeah, yeah hey-ho. We've, hey-ho. We've, we've, done, we've done well. It needed everybody to click in, in maybe a couple of those cup semi finals and things like that that we played in. Because, mm. you know, a cup, a cup die on the day, you know, over a season, we've probably ended up where we should be because yeah. it, maybe the consistency hasn't quite been there. But often in cup ties, we've been in a couple of, well, we were in the SCU Trophy final way back about 90, I'll say about 96. I'm not exactly sure if, I, if I've got that right. But yeah. uh, we're, we're in a, we've been in a couple of finals and things, but just never quite. Never, never quite go over the line. Uh, yeah, so I mean, um, we've got written down here, uh, 2011, the second 11 won the, the Strathmore Union Premier, um, a certain Azar Ali. Was a uh, Mr. Henderson's bunny that year, wasn't he? Did he not get him out a few times? Well, he certainly got him out a bit of Huntley. Yeah. I remember. Aye. Uh, caught, caught what a bold, bold Henderson. Yeah. Aye, I, I, I always thought he got him out twice because I, I just remember him badgering on about Azar Ali out twice. He, he um, 20, I think he got 20 odd that day, Azar and he, and he, he was a lovely timer of a ball. He's not the, like the barnacle ball that bats in the in the test matches where he, <laughs> where he digs in and he, and he faces more deliveries than most other folk and he really he's he's, in, he's had a great career. Yeah, absolutely. So a main thing, I suppose, another amalgamation, I suppose, that happened is a Queen's Cross joint force with Stony Wood in 2011. Can you, can you remember that? And I suppose that's a, another major point in our history. I suppose it brought people like Robin Taylor to the club, who's been a fantastic servant to the club over his time. Well, that's, a, that's another example there of somebody who who did a lot of work at, at, at his club, and when he came to us, he you know he just slotted in and started doing work as well. Mm-hmm. Queens Cross had, had two or three older guys, but there were a lot of, of lads that had been pals for years together, and quite a few of them were at university. And at that stage, we'd had George, with Georgie Boy. Uh, I've got the comment in Georgie's hat. Why was he wearing that floppy hat during the podcast? Because he needed a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> my father, my father Jack Luke, is what it is. Uh, <laughs> now the uh, how did it come about? George, Peter, Peter, Peter Irvin, it was Keith Davidson. You know, there was a handful of guys that were uh, of these. You know, 
they, they were committed to play, playing with us. And, and some of their mates were at Queen's Cross, and they came across to us. And, uh, and one of them was a guy, Grant Jimison, who'd actually been playing for us for a couple of seasons, then went back to Queen's Cross, and he came back again. But then, uh, well, a swarm of them ended up at Manifield for some unknown reason. Oh. Fair enough, you know? Yeah. That's, 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 that's what they wanted to do. So the Queen's Cross thing just, it, there was only Robin and his brother, Rory, and, uh, and Neil Wright were the ones that, that lasted. Neil yeah. Wright was a damn good player in his, in his younger days. He was a good player. I remember playing left with him three then. Left arm swing bowler, good bowler. I suppose one thing that that did do for a few years is um, perk up the third and fourth teams to maybe give some of the younger guys, you know, I think we'll get on to it later, but like myself and the Mamoons, the Al Mamoons and all that, I mean, it gave them a game of cricket on a bit of extra numbers. Aye, and it also gave us a, a level, you'd, you'd National League, you'd Strathmore Union, you'd Grade two with Queen's Cross, and then you'd, you'd the, a fourth and eleven playing further down. Mm-hmm. And we did have the, with the numbers to make it happen, having four sides. We'd five for a couple of seasons. Yeah, there was a few seasons with five elevens. Yeah, was, that was that was. I mean, I played. I remember playing in one game, and it, it was pretty. It was a very good side. But uh, there was just we got we got fifty five folk on the field on one particular Saturday. The rest of the time it rained. It rained almost every Saturday, so there was always at least one of the elevens washed out. To one of the elevens washed out. Yeah. Aye. No, so that's good. I mean, that's probably about about it, to be honest. I mean, we've we've been through all the rest. You haven't been as close to the club and the rest, even though you've always remained a, a loyal supporter. Um, so I mean, as we've we've gone over the the newer stuff, obviously, and we've gone back. We've been back in Strathmore Union, and very similar story actually. Playoff in twenty seventeen, we just weren't at the races. Playoff in twenty eighteen, we absolutely battered Kelso to get back in. Um, so, I mean, have you got any memories from the last, like, seven, eight years? I know you haven't been exactly involved. No, I, but, um... I, I, I wasn't able to commit myself to, 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 to turn up. It was parental illness at one stage and, uh, you know, taxi service and, and goodness what all and running around and just generally getting older. I mean, you don't get a grey beard like this for no good reason. It's, <laughs> no, it's uh, the rest of what's on top's bleached with the sun, but the beard's genuinely grey. Uh, it's... Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't have the. I was overly. I was overcommitted probably for a number of years. I was probably doing far too much uh, at, at one stage, and uh, I, I could guess it needed more than one person to replace replace me in terms of the things I was doing. I think we're still feeling your impact, baby. I, but you know, I've, I'm. You know, I'm done. You know, in terms of, in terms of, uh, used to be involved with the juniors at the time, and was was in, that was. Monday, Wednesday, Friday was juniors playing this Saturday, working on the ground, you know, other times. Uh, yeah. Take your pick. It was, it, well, that, that, that's what I'm going to get on to. I mean, the big question at Stonywood and probably why Stonywood is on the map in, in Scottish cricket is producing unbelievable talent and continually doing it with very limited resource. I mean, you look at some of the bigger clubs and they couldn't list two players that they've produced. So from your perspective, how and why have we produced some of Scotland's best players at our club? I think a lot of it's to do with how we, we give people chances. We give them opportunities. I mean, as a youngster, I was playing the reserve grade side and I batted in the top order and we'd open the bowling. But when I got into the first team, it was a long time before I got anything to do. And yeah. I always thought, no, nah, this isn't right. You, you've got to make sure that the youngsters are getting a chance to contribute. 
because that way they'll come back. Uh, you know, and we've all we've always had people who've who had the ability to pass on coaching tips. There was there was the enthusiasts like me and Whiskey that 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 made a lot of things happen. We were the ever present. We were the glue. But there was other people who'd come and go. Uh, there, there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of good work done in the schools initially. We're not able to do that to the same extent. But uh, uh, I mean, that was when you were taking across a pro and paying or a, a coach, whatever it might have been, and paying them to do to do whatever. And well, we don't have a money tree. Uh, we certainly don't. I mean, we we used we'd one we'd have run a four years when we ran dinners. And they, they raised money that helped play for that helped pay for ground equipment, covers, sight screens, uh, you know, doing up doing up the inside of places of the premises and, and, and whatever. Yeah. But I think it was a lot to do with even when we were youngsters, when you first came into that side with the likes of Danny Cohen and Moyer and me, mm -hmm. I mean you were all getting something to do. You weren't it? You wonder if Dale and Charlie they just ran for fine leg to fine leg. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. As you, I mean, we'll as we'll we'll get on to the your latter years of playing, as you say, when when I came into the side and everyone else in in grade two, and we were playing with a Sabbath and a D, who were great players, Kiddo, Andy Rayner, and Rory Saunders, great player, and a three Ds. I mean, but as you say, we 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 all got something to do, and that's probably why we've all become. Decent players, you know, because we didn't, we didn't, we didn't bat at eleven, and as you say, just don't touch the ball. We've we, we done that for years with all the young lads that had come through that had played with the, the age group sides for Scotland and district stuff and whatever. We mm -hmm. we toughened them up by playing that old cricket at the weekend, but they got their own age group stuff during the week, so they were able to take their experiences from the weekend into the age group stuff, and yeah. sometimes dominate the age group games because uh, they were accustomed to being dominated by adults. So they, That's it. I mean, back in the day, I remember playing under 11 games, as you say, on, under 11 on a Monday, under 13 or under 15 on a Wednesday. I mean, that just doesn't, that just doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. But I mean, that is exactly, we, we were playing cricket all summer and on the Saturday you played senior and yeah. Yeah, we'd enough old, we'd enough old heads, experienced campaigners to, who, who knew, knew the script and were able to, to bring the, the young ones into games and make sure they got something to do. Yeah. So I mean, on on the on the Scotland stuff, obviously you mentioned it. I mean, this is probably one of the the most prouder days in a, to be a Stonewood member. I mean, three completely homegrown players. I think your comment on this Facebook was, um, "Are we proud? Of course we're proud. All three of their mum and dads are Stonewood dice through and through." So I mean, we've, we've had seven internationals linked to us. Five of them completely homegrown. I mean. Your thoughts on that? I mean, it's just—it is quite remarkable, isn't it? Oh, right. it's quite—it is quite remarkable. We still go back to that thing we did in TV with BBC, BBC Scotland a couple of years ago with David Curry and whatever, where where I spoke rubbish, Jan spoke <laughs> rubbish, Bob Lamb poured a cup of tea for somebody and various others, and Gordon Gowdy was sitting in the senior was sitting in the Gowdy stand. But at that stage, Gordon Gowdy wasn't playing for us. Michael Wisk wasn't playing for us. But in the in the tea room, were Mora Gowdy and Hilda Wisk, they were still, you know, rolling their sleeves up and doing things for the club, even though they, they, their young lads had, uh, had moved on. Yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. And I mean, we've had, we've had 20 juniors representing Scotland at 
junior level and seven internationals. And I mean, you know, all, all of them pretty much are homegrown. Obviously, we don't count Ilsa Lister really, even though she's moved to us now. And Jan, obviously, we can't possibly count as homegrown. But to have 27 Scotland representatives, uh, I just think is is bewildering with the and it just it speaks volumes about people like yourself you know we we don't have a limited resource we don't have a, a money pot in the corner and um, and it's it's people like yourself who came up every every day almost and and made it what it is and, and one thing i i, I wrote in here is that old timers playing the grades i mean fear mentioned it bob lamb playing with bob lamb playing yeah. with yourself you you and leesky played uh, uh, very late on i mean it and, and it's what gave us the introduction to cricket and what probably gave us a game on a Saturday. You guys could easily have, have sat at home or sat at people's park and watched, but you, you came out and gave us a game and that's why we're probably still playing. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Kyle, Kyle always does this and he's right to do it as well. I mean, before Stoney Wood and Dice came together, they stayed in Afford and the, the three young boys went across to Inverurie and Ron Fleming did some, some coaching with them there. And he always uh, credits Ron and it's, it's it's good that he does that because he was part of the, the starting. You know, that's where they all started, mm-hmm. and that was in days when there was no junior. The, the junior section at Stony Wood had fallen into into disrepair. The, the juniors at Dice, proper kids, were non-existent other than the, the three coaches. And mm-hmm. uh, at that stage, Kyle was hell of a young anyway. But uh, you know, you could t- you could tell there was a, a talent and application. Yeah, but I mean, it is definitely important for the. For guys to be nurturing the talent in the grades. I mean, I, I, you've listened to all the podcasts. I mean, Kyle mentioned it, Goud mentioned it, Fee mentioned it. I mean, I'm, I, my, some of my fondest memories even are playing in the grades. Um, yeah. I mean, it's where you learn the game and it's where you have a lot of fun. And I've had some great games in the grades. And I mean, the fact that everyone remembers it just shows how important it is. And, you know, people like Robin Taylor, Tarek, Mike Lowe are all doing it now. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you say, the baton gets passed on. Yep. So, um, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's a overview club history. I think it's quite interesting to see how these two sides come together. And I mean, I, I said earlier, it's probably the best, the best non-11, you know, not being able to make an 11 that's ever happened, the best phone call that's ever happened. So have you got anything else to say as an overall of the, for the club history? No, it's been great to be there through it. I mean, and uh, just contri- contribute a little bit here and there. I mean, I, I deliberately got myself involved in some of the committee stuff as well, so that Stony Wood Dice were known, and uh, my voice was also known, and the, the raised eyebrows were known, and, and various things. And uh, you know, I, I wasn't too worried about whose feathers I ruffled. Uh, if if it needed to be done, it was done. You know, yeah. The, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I did that. Again, it was it was a tactic to get Stony Wood Dice in the in the limelight. Yeah. I, I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. So anyway, we'll get on to a wee uh, Q&A about your own, your own cricketing ventures. Okay. Um, so, 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 to start with, a favourite match that you've ever played in? Favourite match for me would have been the semi-final of the Small Clubs Cup in 91. When, uh, by winning that, we got the chance to go back to, to, to the national final because we'd lost in 1975. Dundee University staff, Saudi Arabian under 16, uh, <laughs> ineligible players, whatever. We weren't good enough in the day. Uh, it was, it was, it was one of those. But that, that cup semi-final, I mean, it, it got down the stage where Colts 
with a couple of wickets, two or three wickets in hand, needed a six off the last ball to, to win the game. And uh, I think they got one. By that stage, I was absolutely gone because I'd, I'd knack up my knee in the, in the quarter final and just Iron Horse was, was, never going to, was never going to give up, but I bowled my 10 over straight there. Mm-hmm. I think no wickets for about 20 odd mm-hmm. in a fairly high scoring game. I, I remember just putting the brakes on some of the Colts uh, sort of f- flowing bats. And uh, I also remember Davy McKinnon catching Greg Gomez on the, on the, um, on the boundary at point off Adrian Weddingham. Well, the ball was hit like a bloody rocket. And Davy was a height, a half a chanty, and he's put his hands above his head and caught it. You know, <laughs> Davy was, was a great fielder. He really was. Uh, but that was... Uh, that's, that's the favourite game for me, was actually... I contributed reasonably well myself, uh, but I was... Uh, you know, I, I was wickedless, but... God, I was so mean with the bowman. And yet, other, yeah. yet, yet Whiskey and Robert Lamb, David hit the ball. And I kind of think, who else is the other bowler? Adrian Weddingham was there. John Fraser was working abroad, so he was missing for the side. Yeah. So, a uh, favourite Stony and Dice match watched? Or, you know. There's been mentioned in a couple of the podcasts already that chasing 320 odd or 330 odd down at Dundee High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craigian. Craigian's t- his tennis shot, and uh, it was uh, Darren Nachel or however they pronounce his name. I think Stuart Coots had a big score as well. Yeah. I mean, that was a great, that was a great game. It was I mean, one of those things. You, you could tell you were always in with a shout mm-hmm. and then it would slip a bit and then you'd be back in, in the driving seat and then slip again. But it was a, it was a great game. And you're trying to, trying to keep the score and trying to concentrate on that. And, uh, so, I mean, I mean, from the score box in that game, Phil, surely you must have been going at halftime. We haven't got a chance here. Or did you, did you believe? No. No, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking because Cregan was saying, Oh, you know, Stuart Kutzer walked in and his Jack Callis moment, you know, obviously taking the piss out of the 50 run short. But it seems as if Darren and Stewie just went out and, and whacked him. Stuart Kutzer, when he, when he clipped, was just something special, absolutely special. Yeah, uh, talented, right? Only if he'd had a few beers the night before. So we would always say. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, a Stonywood, and I think we've had a few of these probably over the years. I can think of a few anyway. But a Stonywood youngster who you thought could have been really, really good, most potential, and maybe just got away, stopped playing cricket for whatever reason. Fraser Murray. Yeah, he's he'd been mentioned a few times. Yeah, he he ended up being one of the better juniors in the northeast. He played in the, I think the Scotland under fifteen side. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the better juniors in the north under fifteen side. And the person that was coaching at that stage knew his capabilities, so wasn't too worried. Didn't have a wicket keeper. Put Fraser behind the stumps and he'd knack of his knee. And from there on in, he was never quite the same. Never, never quite the same. His knee was, was goosed. Uh, the other one that would come to mind for me would be Abdullah Afridi because he could bat and he could bowl and bowl on some of those left arm Chinaman stuff. Yeah, you can pick it easy. Turn the arm, my own. It was, it was how he would, it, it was looking at, it was watching adults walking off having been bowled by him and uh, just for the incoming batsman, they would say, what's he doing? Pushed it by yard, they'd say, off stump and hit middle. <laughs> you, 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 you would position yourself to hear what they were saying and it was, it was just so funny. He and was a handy, handy brother as well. I think they were all really good players. 
Aye, well, no meaning the wee one. No. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're right. I remember playing with Abdul, and he was just because he, he started off being a, a bowler. He was pretty quick for his age, if I remember. And then he started bowling the spin, and you just couldn't pick it. Um, a proud, a proudest moment uh, as a member over the years. I mean, I'm sure there's been many moments where you've been been proud of, but the one, the one that I would say tops a lot is when we ended up second in grade three mm-hmm. in 2010. But it was a team of local homegrown kids and usually about seven or eight of them and permanent any any three from uh Danny Cohen, Colin Moyer, myself and a uni wide GP, Jagadish Pulisayeri, JP JP is still a character, he was a character. And yeah. still playing cricket, you, you see pictures of, of uh, he's on Facebook, you see him uh, Still involved in cricket, and he's he's quite a he was he was an enthusiast as well, and he was a super lad. He's from Kerala, the same as George, mm-hmm. uh, really really fine lad. But it was all those youngsters, and you mentioned Rory Saunders. There. He ended up getting the yips. Remember, he was in the Scotland under fifteen training squad over a winter. When he mm-hmm. came back next summer, he couldn't release the ball. They would either land in his own toes, go sailing, or the batsman's head without a bounce. I go whizzing past the umpire. Mm-hmm. You know, he just lost it completely. The, the lad was. Uh, he was he did a good talent as well. One player we haven't actually mentioned is Jamie, Jamie Rogers. I always thought Jamie Rogers was a fantastic player. I loved watching him but um, he's probably another one that he's you know, he moved away for uni and stuff like that. But I never thought he got the credit he deserved. I always thought he was a, a cracking batsman. Yeah, he, he he could score runs in the juniors. When it came to adult stuff, he tended to play too much in the V between square leg and mid wicket. He played across the line and then he he didn't have too many in the offside unless it was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> No, but Jamie was a super lad as well. And you could also throw Jamie the ball and he would produce a, he would, he was a partnership breaker. Yeah. He would just, he was born with lead drifters. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. That's a great team. That's probably my, my start of senior cricket. And, you know, as you say, I mean, it's a, it's a young side of homegrown talent and you, you all gave us chances. I'll say with the legends of yourself, Danny Cohen, Colin Moyer, as backup, as you say, being there, done that. And you showed us the way and we, we did really well there. The thing, that you, the thing that you young ones probably never noticed was if it was a hell of a wind blowing one end to the other, Colin Moyer and I bowled into that wind and left the young ones with the wind at their back. Now, whether you ever really noticed it, because we never mentioned it, but that's, that was the tactic. Was <laughs> no, we'd been hit by better players. We weren't too worried about getting scalped around by, if, it, if that's what happened, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, we weren't going to have a youngster's day ruined by the fact that they were struggling into a gale. Yeah. So, if you were bigger in the sort of, but it had a better base when it came to releasing the ball because I was because you were heavier. But I still you've only getting blown away. <laughs> uh, a f- funniest teammate over the years. I mentioned him a few times. Al Moyer. Yeah. I mean, tremendous player. Hit the ball a mile. Uh, ridiculous catches. Ball is ball is left arm tweakers. Keep working. Take your pick. Some of the things off the park. I mean. Uh, I'm scared to mention some of them all. I'll get as far as fat lighting. I mean, uh, just some, just something else. Then I need to get him on for a podcast. I think you're sitting in a you're sitting in a crowded pub, and all of a sudden he starts lighting farts. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was a teammate of mine all through the years. You know, all the way through. Uh, great guy to have in your in your side. One of my one of my first ever memories of senior cricket is um, Colin Moyer just 
bowling and then the ball gets hit back at him. I think he took a fifer in this game. I can't, it was at Duffield Park. I can't, rem- I can't remember. I think he took a fifer. And I just vividly remember fielding him. This ball got absolutely whacked at Colin Moyer. And he just sticks his foot out. Because obviously, Ed, for everyone who doesn't know, he had a... Amputated foot. So, and he just sticks his foot out. And he just hits this, you know... I, I don't know what the word... What's the word? Fake foot or whatever. And just yeah. stops it. And the batsman just like... The eyes go wide. And, what's he doing? And he just keeps stopping the ball with his foot. And of course, they, they realise when he takes it off at half time. He used to have a thing like that, didn't he? He used to like take it off and scare the living daylights out of all the opposition. But that's my, my memory of him. And, and also, I mean, I think Andy Rayner always says that he's in Stony with Europe. I remember a game at Duffy Park. I don't know if you're playing. We were chasing about 120. And Andy Rayner's batting with Colin Moyer. Andy Rayner's second top score was seven that out. Colin Moyer got 110 that out. And it was, it was just ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's got one one leg to all extensive purposes, and he's just hitting the ball out of it because he, he, he was an amazing player. And I remember, I mean, great fondness. I think Duffy Park won that, wasn't it? And he, he, he hammered the ball in the middle of folk about getting a wedding photograph taken. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he was, a, he was a ridiculous player. I mean, I'd have loved to see him when he was in his bomb because I remember so the, the, the tail end where you and him played. He was just yeah. ridiculous. But even when you know when we started out, we played reserve grade cricket together, and then we were in the in and out of the the, the Stonywood first team in the in the late seventies. My first year in in captain in eighty one, it was right at the start of that season. There was a midweek junior cup final up with at Henry uh, Fold, and that's when Colin broke his leg, and that led to the so that was ninety one. So you know I didn't have him in my, in my armory at mm-hmm. that stage uh, for a couple of seasons. But then it was 93 was the time that he pinged whiskey into the car park two, three times. So he yeah, remember yeah. the uh, artificial leg. And yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, he, that just makes it even more ridiculous how good he was. Anyway, uh, moving on. So your, your best ever individual performance. I mean, I'm sure there's been plenty over the years. No, not, too many, not too many with a bat. Because uh, for years I never got a bat. Because with a decent enough side, I didn't have to bat. You didn't <laughs> forgot how to bat if ever I, if ever I could. Uh, the best one was probably a cup semi-final I'm going to say 1996 uh, yeah. at Contour when uh, Contour were reasonably well placed in there and they are 40 overs and was coming towards the end of the innings and all of a sudden, I mean I ended up with five wickets but I think I took three and it, I got rid of the last three men in the space of four balls or something and all of a sudden what was looking like a promising score for them just wasn't it anymore yeah. and I mean there's a great big fat guy for them and I, I said, I'm just getting a Yorkist guy because he'll never see the ball if it's in amongst his feet because they'll disappear out of his line of sight. Sure enough, legs still whoosh. Thank you very much. Next. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the one that sticks in my mind. There's a few times I've, you know, I would banjo the, the ball about. Kyle, Kyle did a Q&A at the start of the last season at Manifield. Kenny Reid got him to, to come for that. And a few <laughs> of us went into it. And the, he says to me before we started, remember that year we were sponsored for runs? I said, aye. I said, I scored 60 odd one week and 70 odd the next, and I sponsored myself at a pound a time. School by error. <laughs> School by error. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was an 8 to 8 and out, was it, for the Aberdeen Jesters? Oh, aye. I was, I was Did bold. Did never score? Aye, aye. I was bold, and the, the off bail went up in the air, did a 4 3 60 and landed back in the grooves. <laughs> And that was when I was in very few, and then I was dropped about seven or eight times. Dougie Anderson would tell you about that. Uh, 
Dougie was at the other end. He was in his 40s when I went into bat and I got the 50 before him. <laughs> it was just going everywhere. It was, and it, you know, it was great. That was great fun playing against a lot of expats in the, in the Costa del Sol. And mm. often in the teams he played against, they might have had a, somebody maybe owned a pub or managed a pub. So you went back to their bar after the after the games and you played pool and darts and had a bar supper and you yeah. were in two. Fantastic, yeah. That sounds great. So then, on a different note, a best Scotty Dice performance that you've watched, or so you've been scored over the years and just general supporter? The year we got the SCU Trophy final, the semi-final was in Edinburgh against uh, Royal High, and Grant Dugmore scored 170-odd. That mm-hmm. was just, just a worldie. Yeah. Absolute worldie. Yeah, it's it's been been that's probably the best ever Scotty Dice knock, isn't it? It's been mentioned a few times. I think so. I think it's the highest ever score. Mm-hmm. And Casper wasn't far away. We won it. Casper van der Bolt had a, had a big score one day. Did, did someone like get 200? Yeah, I think he got a 200, didn't he? You think he maybe the 200 in Strathy, but he, oh. he was in Strathy one year and then he was in National League the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'd have been 170 in Strathy in the National League as well, I think. That must be quite frustrating though, because obviously getting beat by Chris Horford in the National League playoff, but then beating them in the in the cup it must have been quite frustrating but I suppose as we touched on it earlier it was bittersweet when we came, when we came back next year anyway favourite opposition over the years favourite oh. opposition yeah Ooh, have I got a favourite opposition Colts yeah because my father had played for Colts before he came to Stony Wood and I, I quite liked playing against Colts uh, didn't beat them as often as you might have wanted because they were a damn good side for a while yeah uh, but uh I used to like Bowman doing it. Cons- you'd have thought somebody bowling my sort of stuff might have been carted around in a smallish field. But yeah, the sharp boundary. It, it didn't happen as often as it probably should have done. It's the same as Stonywood, doesn't it? Everyone thinks, I think Paddy Maroney said it, everyone thinks you're going to rock up at Stonywood and bomb you straight down the ground, but mm-hmm. when it gets caught up in that wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as David Lamb said, I, I used to be quite good at talking the op- opposition, opposition out. <laughs> because I, would, I would say something controversial in order to make them make a mistake. And... Quite often they did. Uh, it was, you know, it was just a little bit of mind games. Yeah. Happens. Nothing wrong with a bit of mind games. Cricket's all about mind games. Yeah. Favourite opposition ground over the years? Rossi Priory, uh, down between Dundee and uh, and Perth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in I think is the nearest to the, the left hand side. If you're heading, has it got door. cows on the way, cows on the way or something? Aye, there's cows and you 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 go down and you. You drive towards a gate, open the gate, drive through, shut it behind you, drive further on, and the, the, this goes right. The, aye, the, yeah. the field that the cows are in goes round the cricket field. I think. I remember a great big white bull there. Jesus, I wasn't a very keen to open the gates that day. But yeah, it sounds quite. Sounds great. I was down there with a, a couple of times we played in the small clubs cup, and, and once I was down with a Grampian and Highland combined select age group team against uh, Angus and Tayside, such as Abroads and Four for Shells or and whatever it might be. Uh, <laughs> sort of lads were playing there. Yeah. Great, great story. That semi-final the first year of the Small Clubs Cup in 1985, we batted first, scored about 140. They, they were batting second and it was raining and the umpires offered them the the uh, you know to come off for, for bad, bad conditions and they said no they stayed on for another three or four overs which I think we bowled with three maidens out of that four overs so the heavens did open this time and the, and the umpires took us took us off and uh, we never ever got back on 
But the guy who was next in was their captain, and he was all fighted up, can fight gloves, hat, whatever. He was all ready to go in. When the umpires took us out to have a look at the pitch, he was trying to convince the umpires that it was playable. But he was now wearing wellies and had a great big golf umbrella. <laughs> and I'm the uh, psychological warfare job here. The boy did it himself. Absolutely superb. I know we've had some absolute belters over the years. We've talked about a few of them, but a favourite overseas player? Well, sure. Sheer volume of runs. The two that come to mind for me are uh, Arno Jacobs and uh, Grant Dugmore. Mm-hmm. Now, I've only played once with, uh, with Arno. Did I mention that, Mike? Uh, Not sure you can maybe mention it again, because Mike, Mike Lowe will be watching. <laughs> Mike Lowe, caught Baron Bull Jacobs, not a lot. <laughs> Good night. Uh, Three Counties Cup game. Uh, I played quite a few times on Sundays with Grant Dugmore. Mm-hmm. And, saw him, and saw him in action and he was just wonderful to put a spell with when he was playing in the grades. Mm-hmm. He, he's probably the best that, that I'd, uh, I'd come across and uh, just for sheer volume of runs. Because yeah. I used to play in the, in the lower sides on the Saturday and be, be taken in for cup games or whatever on the, on the Sunday for, as an extra bowler. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how it worked. I, think. I suppose Grant, Grant Dugmore is up there with the, the people that we've said has taken them to the next level. I mean, Steve Knox, Grant Dugmore, Jan Stander, the list goes on, really. Um, yeah, so, uh, interesting one here then. So, th- pick three batsmen, one from Stonywood era, one from the Dice era, and then one from the Stonywood Dice era to make your ultimate three man batting attack. From Stonywood, Ian McRae. Mm-hmm. Tremendous, absolutely yeah. tremendous. Scored runs at a at a pace. Uh, anything short, cut and cut and pull. Went it so quickly. Uh, from dice in, in their days, a Jordy lad, Kevin Smith. Hell of a good bag. Uh, I've seen, you know, been receiving end of a few good good knocks from him. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. And from the Stony Wood dice setup, David Lamb. David Lamb was just, uh, he, he was the, the man who flew the flag for Stonywood in terms of, as, as an adult for, you know, okay, with, with, some, with some great coaches and pros who, who did very well, certainly. We, uh, David Shaw, Andy B was a tremendous player. Never ever played in the same side as Beezer, but I played against him when he was at Turriff and uh, he was a great player as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the, I mean, Grant Dugma would be, would, sorry. I, he he could have come into it, but he, he was, to my mind, he was he was overseas, so I wasn't picking any of the, the overseas ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. D- D- David Lamb is a fantastic player. Everyone always says he's probably the unluckiest guy in that played for Scotland. And... Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh... And he was also a damn good fielder. Right? Yeah. Uh, so say, same question, but for bowlers. Well, Stoney Wood, Colin Clark. Colin Clark was uh, rapid. Yeah, rapid. Just give it, give it his all. He he was he was excellent. Ian Leask, just a you know a machine, you know a big a long big doll machine. <laughs> he he would run in and bowl and bowl and bowl and bowl. And a fantastic fielder, as I say. I mean, I remember playing the grades, and every week he would take one ridiculous catch in the slips. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's got great big hands. He's he's tremendous. Uh, I mean, remember way back in the, in the days when I started all the way through to maybe the, the 2000s, 
you could bowl 25 overs from, from two bowlers, 25 overs each. So Ian mm. Waste could bowl 25 most games. Yeah. Uh, but then and, go, and go for nothing. Well, aye, and you'd, you'd find that the guy at the other end was getting the wickets because they couldn't get whiskey away. <laughs> it was the same with Colin Quack. That's where I got a lot of my I got a lot of my wickets with my rubbish because Colin Quack was bowling his bowling his heart out at the other end. The uh, yeah. And then uh, but the one from Stoney with dice, it would probably be Burger, Robert Lamb. Just to keep the uh, the po- just a pocket sized bowling machine. He just ran up and skidded up and and bowled. He he was very, very good. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes if if he, just, if he was just on the spot too much, you got a really top mass batsman, we'd just pick him off because he was maybe too accurate at times. Yeah. They knew exactly where, where the next ball was coming because he maybe didn't, didn't variate or didn't, didn't have the variation perhaps, but he, he was certainly... Yeah, I'm sure if he, if he was in this era, he'd have a few variations and maybe he'd Correct. Them. Correct. Exactly. He, didn't, he didn't need them in the early, you know, in, in his early cricket days. Yeah. And he can bat as well, can't he? God, aye. He can hit it a mile. Aye. Aye. Powerful lad. Aye. Yeah. Yeah, so um, um, I know once again it's quite similar to the, the proudest, but the favourite moment. So, a favourite moment over the years as a Spooner Dice member? I think the thing that got, it impressed me more than, than many other things was when we used to have barbecues, if it was three or if we'd four sides out and two or three of them were playing in the, in the northeast, we'd, we would have something after the game. And the, the crowds of folk would come up to those sort of things, you know. Youngsters, this, that, and next thing. In, in recent years, there have been bouncy castles, and God, goodness, what all have been have been been on the go. I mean, we didn't. We made our own entertainment. We didn't have things like that way back in the you know in the early days. But but I think it, I'm not so much the the moments for me were some of those after the match things where where people came along, or even if a game had been washed out and folk were doing belly flops and sliding through puddles down the length of the the, the nearest side of the the uh, the outfield. Yeah. And some, of the, some of the things that were done then just completely daft, and it was just so much fun because everyone just mucked in right from the from the youngest one to the oldest one. It, yeah, there, there was nobody was no ails and graces. Nobody was uh, aloof. Everybody was there and everybody just mucked in. What's well, it? Family clubs through and through always have been, always will be. Hmm, hope so. Yeah. So, uh, last question we'll end on your your favourite win, just favourite league win, promotion win, cup win in, in your whole cricketing career? I think I'll go to the 1976 uh, grade one win when Stony Wood Dice just, sorry, Stony Wood uh, finished leveling points we can tour, but we did the better goal difference or whatever the hell the, the <laughs> fancy calculation was. But in, in the run, towards the end of that season, I just remember being involved in, in a lot of those games and coming in as a, as a youngster and uh, Having to, having to bat with a guy called Norman Roth. Norman uh, came to us from Huntley and worked at the Stonywood Paper Mill. He's back, he's back up in, uh, in, in Huntley these days. His son still plays occasionally for Huntley, Kevin. But uh, Norman was winning games. Norman was one of these bats hardly ever out. He just, yeah. he was a finisher. Found a way to get over the line, yeah. And then the, fi- the final game of the season, roughly either six or seven wickets when he skittled Turriff for about 40 odd. You know, and so that was our final game. We just needed to win, and that also improved our, as I say, goal difference, whatever the, whatever the yeah. terminology was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, that's good. So that, that's it. I mean, that's a cracking Q and A. I mean, I'm sure you found it hard to whittle down a close to fifty year 
50-year tenure as a cricket player. And thanks very much for coming on that, A.B. Um, you're a great servant for the club, and I, I love it when you come up to the club and still watch us to this day. And obviously, shame we couldn't get any cricket this season. But um, And also, just a quick note, the notes that we had, um, I will try and I'll put them out. Me, uh, A.B. produced a fantastic document of all the club history through the years, the overseas amateurs, the leagues we were in the main achievements and everything. So I'm going to put that out with this podcast, um, which just details our history, really. So it's really interesting. So thanks for doing that, A.B. Um, and la- last thing, um, I always like to end on the Legends game. And A.B., as I said at the start, I mean, we maybe bat about the, the legend word a bit too much, but I think you and people that you've mentioned there, like Lee Skeen yourself, are right at the forefront of it. And I noticed that you guys weren't at the Legends Day last year. Obviously, I'm not sure if that's because, obviously, Cregan just picked his... His, his people he played with, but I think this year we definitely need to get a, an old boys 11 in, so would you be keen for that? Well, I'm, not sure the move, I'm not sure the moving parts are going to respond to you well. I was creaking a bit towards the end, and that's 2011. Uh, good. Well, I mean, I'm happy enough to come along. I'm not I'm not overly worried about playing in the game. I'm happy enough just to come along and wander around and, uh, yeah, and have I, a laugh. I, yeah, I absolutely. I think we should try and get as many people as possible. If Obviously, if this pandemic and allows it if it's ever changing if we can get as many people up at the club i think it was a cracking day last year i'm sure it'll be a great day this year and as i say it'll be great to get all you boys along yeah no I'm, I'm happy just to watch the game as opposed to you know i mean i'd be a danger to myself nowadays i think <laughs> anyway that's good once again Amy, thanks very much for coming on and uh, thanks everyone for watching <laughs>